I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the man who was pulling for Repo Man to win the Royal Rumble. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the typhoon to my earthquake. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I was full for Virgil. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, he was my backup. I mean, you, all, you always got to have a safety, right? It's okay, though. He's about to go sell out Wembley Stadium with nails in a couple of months after this. So, Yeah, and then uh, Vince McMahon is going to touch nails inappropriately. And, you know, it's all history from there, man. God. Oh, now the archives, by the way. Uh, uh, Starcade 1992. We discussed that. Um, Wrestle Kingdom 8 was last week, right? Yes. Okay, so do you remember on that? I think we mentioned nails touching, getting touched inappropriately on that one, too. That's two weeks in a row we've mentioned this. Well, actually, three weeks in a row then. So there you go. We brought A. Get in more nails. That's all I can say. Oh, good grief. You can't have a proper podcast without ne- mentioning Kevin Nails Wackles, man. And he's junk. Come on. Exactly. So, good Lord. I wonder what turned Vince on. Was it the uh, Was it the deep, booming voice modulator thing or what? I think it was the jumpsuit, personally. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What do you look like under that jumpsuit, pal? You got rippling muscles. <laughs> hey, Nelson. Well, your pecs for you. Even though I could do a, a hair. I could do a hell of a trick on the nightstick. <laughs> Good Lord. He, wow. He looked like he had a haircut that uh, it, it looked like he went to the same barber as uh, the owner of the Raiders. How dare I, you? I, I can neither confirm he nor deny. He doesn't go to a barber, you idiot. Oh, yeah, he cuts the house. Himself. Yeah, he, he does it himself. That's in-house. Exactly. God, he said, I, I, use the same, I use the same scissors that I use in my kitchen. <sighs> anyway. Uh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I think that's three weeks in a row, too, maybe. <laughs> At least two. <laughs> Either way. I'm hella sick, by the way. So um, bear, yeah. bear with me. Yeah, Greg, Greg is powering through this. Uh, we just wanted to get this one covered because we both, at least I think you're in the same boat as I am. We're, we both really enjoy this show. It was possibly, if it I wasn't enjoyed, the greatest I enjoyed watching ever. it back again, which, you know, I've said yeah. about a lot of it. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> so I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching it back. I didn't say that about many events we watched recently, so. Yeah, right. Yeah, this this is a good one. I think we're starting off the year well. 
Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 8 was last week. We had Kyle on from the Apron Bump podcast. Uh, the, he is Ow. the hardest part of the ring. Do you care? Uh, so go check that one out. It was it was a good time had by all. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was a good show, too. I mean, the first half of the show is it's OK. Uh, but the second half of the show was really good. So go check that out. Uh, we're going to be covering another Wrestle Kingdom next week. Uh, I'll let you know about that at the end of this one. But here, we're covering another really great show with uh, Royal Rumble 1992. Uh, but we, we've hit on a few 1992 shows, and I feel like it was really between WCW and WWE, I feel like it was a tale of two cities. You had some great stuff over in WWF. WCW, it was like, what the hell's going on over there? Uh, I think that was, was it Jim Hurd? Uh, yeah, actually, and Jim Hurd is in our top story, so. There you go. That's a. I think I answered yeah, the question for you. A teaser for you. Didn't mean yeah, a, by the end of the year. By the end of the year, it's Bill on the lead. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he's in our top story. Uh, Bill Watts it would be in the top story of uh, <laughs> like the beginning of 1993. I feel like just like every year it was something new. And then Bischoff was in before 94. So, yeah, it's weird stuff, man. But real quick before we dive into the news and notes. We're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks all one word for 15% off your order. And now we're going to get into our first break. Don't skip ahead though, because we're going to tell you how to find some of our great merchandise, if I do say so myself, over on our bonfire and uh, Redbubble stores. Also, in our breaks, you might find your next favorite podcast. So check it out, especially if you're a sports fan. You're going to like what? some of the ones we advertise. <laughs> uh, we've got we've got ones from uh, the uh, Here in Puckberg podcast with uh, Shaggy Von Doom, a.k.a. another Kyle Sullivan. And uh, he's that's he's a fun podcast. It. Yeah. And he's a big fan of this podcast. So if you enjoy hockey, you'll enjoy his show. And even though he's an avalanche fan, but, you know, whatever. Gross. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we also talk about TSS fantasy. If you're big into fantasy sports, they talk about all that and give you all the insight they got on that. I fantasize about the Sharks, and the Raiders being successful. It doesn't happen. So, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm from Cleveland. Who are you telling? But. <laughs> Then, uh, you know, and we've got uh, the No Credentials Required podcast, some great content over there for sports fans. And obviously we've got, you know, we cover other wrestling shows as well that have different takes on stuff like the Brocast and uh, Apron Bump. So Bro. go check all them out. Bro. And, uh, and if you like the Australian accents, you'll like uh, uh, you'll like the Brocast as well. So there you go. A couple of Australian brothers in there uh, telling, telling you all about their favorite wrestling memories. So. But either way, uh, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, dive into the news and notes right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! 
in your new Main Event Marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic-free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well at Coffee Brand Coffee. Their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. 
News there'll be no, notes time. There'll be no can this week. I'm just drinking solid water out of a bottle, dude. So Yeah, water water <laughs> and uh water and meds. There you go. I do have salt uh, too, but I'm medium yet. <laughs> uh first story here, as I mentioned earlier, WCW executive vice president Jim Hurd has quote resigned from the company. Oh no. I know, whatever shall they do. Well, so is that technically dollars are gone? Uh, I thank God. I think they've been gone, but you know what? Yeah, I, yeah. I give up. I quit this pod. You just said that. That's almost as bad as insulting my mother. For God's sake, asshole. Sorry. Anyways, yeah, yeah they, the ding dongs <laughs> are gone. Got that the, <laughs> the god dang candy man is gone. I, yeah, all man. Oh uh, yeah, that's uh. Some good, good stuff. Uh, and there will be no hunchbacks tag team. You, know, you can't pin them because they got, you know, you can't put them on their shoulders. Get it? I maintain that while stupid, that is kind of creative. I'm not well, saying it was good. I'm just saying it was kind of creative. You got to throw the dog a bone. Well, Jim Ross said he pissed Jim Hurd off because he said, Jim Hurd was like, well, I can't be beat because you can't pin them. You can't get their shoulders on the mat. And Ross was like, yeah, but uh, can't you just put them in a submission and make them tap out? And he's like, God dang it, you ruin everything. With your stupid logic. Yeah, right. <laughs> no free pizza had for you for Christmas now, you stupid okey. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, uh, while it's technically being reported as a resignation, Word is that Hurd pretty much lost a him or I go ultimatum with Dusty Rhodes. Uh, most people within the <laughs> so business Dusty say that went back to WWE. <laughs> yeah, right. And he just uh, got there, back to WCW. Wow. Okay. Yep. Well, uh, I guess the uh, most people within the business say that Jim Hurd's fate was sealed when he allowed WCW to lose Ric Flair uh, with. Even heard now admitting that losing Flair was the biggest mistake he made. You don't say. Uh, after oh, you got to give him credit for acknowledging that, to be fair. But Yeah, I mean, it. I, it, you know, I have no idea why I'm even throwing excuses this guy's way. I don't know why. Don't ask me. But I don't know why it took this long to realize, like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have gotten rid of one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet and, you know, ran him off to uh, the competition. Like, uh, it seems with our, like logic. With our title, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then told, and then when he asked for his deposit back, so that we could, you know, so that he could give us the belt back, I literally told him to go f himself. But yeah, that seems like a smart individual right there. But you know, whatever. Either way, after the resignation, Heard reportedly attended a TBS meeting, uh, committee meeting, and buried Dusty, Jim Ross, and Magnum TA. Ah, yeah, yeah that's a hell guys. of a trio. <laughs> Right. I've never heard a bad word from anybody about Magnum TA. Jim Ross has his detractors. Dusty Rhodes has his detractors. But seriously? The guy who uh, crippled himself? Yeah. Like, oh, F him. He's got a better mustache than I could ever See, grow. <laughs> I was going to say crippled himself wrestling, but I forgot it wasn't in the ring. But still. Right. Yeah, it's, it's still like, good Lord. I'm sure Tully Blanchard wasn't the biggest fan of him, considering he hooked up with Tully's ex-wife. But you know, whatever. Uh, or maybe well, I could. Yeah, be he's wrong. born again. I'm pretty sure he forgives everyone now. 
not that he was a, a choir boy himself. So, you know, right. Well, I was going to say it could be the uh, the other way around. Like, hey, thanks for taking that off my hands, man. <laughs> Very well could be, but I am not going to go into that because, no, uh-uh, I'm not touching right. that. Right. But you might not be wrong. Well, a TBS attorney <laughs> named Kip Fry will be replacing Heard. Fry has a ve- has very little wrestling experience and will probably leave wrestling uh, the wrestling end of the business to Dusty and Jim Crockett and focus on the legal and financial aspects of WCW. Uh, Going off the it, fact that Bischoff mentions yeah. him like once per podcast, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he does do that, and I think he sticks around after this. Yeah, hold on, so, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me someone that had nothing to do with wrestling was in a position to get power? Decided to step back and let the people with with knowledge take care of it. Yeah, pretty much. And the guy that just got outed was in the same position, but went the other way. Yep, got it. Yeah, he surrounded himself with like Jim Hurd surrounded himself with wrestling people like Dusty Rhodes and and uh, Jim Ross and and a bunch of others. And he just said, "F your opinion. I'm going to do what I want." Damn it. Yeah, uh, it worked out super well. You know, Ric Flair going, left again with her title. We might, be, we might be going through that exact same thing as we speak with AEW. It's not as bad, though. But <sighs> Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, he's... Not to take too much of a sidebar, but did you see... Did I send that thing to you where he was like... Uh, where Tony Khan was talking about the people complaining that they're not being used, and he's like... Well, you know, uh, a, a bench rider doesn't complain because he's not put in in the championship game. <sighs> yeah. And it's like, wow. That's stupid logic, dude. I know. It's like, so you're literally saying you hired these people to use them once in a blue moon. Yep. And so they shouldn't be, they shouldn't complain. Yep. Like, I'm sure that was not the agreement that, like, they did not think that was the agreement going into it. Like Miro. And I, well, I guess... Now I hear Miro is supposedly suspended for throwing a fit. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, well, uh, what was the last time you saw him? Good Lord. Uh, in, May, I, May, in May, I believe. Yeah. It's like, I know he was hurt for a while, but then it's like, he complains that, hey, I'm healthy. Uh, I got over. You going to use me again? Eh, nah. No, you're a bench guy. <laughs> yeah. But you're a bench rider. We'll, we'll put you in, you know... Maybe at some point, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We get Dan house on every show. Oh yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> well, he's part of the starting lineup, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Why wouldn't he? Be? Oh, good Lord. It's Dan Housen. What the F ever. And, and like I said, I, nice you know, dude, I by I, the way, I met him. He's the coolest dude. Not knocking the man. Don't care about the wrestler. But. Right. Well, and I like Orange Cassidy. I will defend him, but he's another one. You have to have him on every show like he's a top guy. The mascot. Good Lord. Yeah. I know. It's, he's a great wrestler, or I'll say a good wrestler. Um, he has some really good matches, but he's not a top guy. He's not a guy you're going to put on a poster for your marquee event. Good Lord. Anyway, uh, let's take a step back from this. But yeah, I guess Ric Flair said when he saw Jim Hurd was gone and Kip Fry stepped in, he said he it was almost like he kind of was like, well, the uh, the clock's kind of ticking because, uh, you know, I'm probably going to go back at some point. And then he said, like, the final nail in the coffin was Vince basically saying, well, 
you're you're getting old, so we're going to use you to put over some of our younger guys. And Flair was like, yeah, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, blame him. Well, and then he goes back to WCW and, uh, well, he, he does some good stuff at first. And then he's used as just another top guy on the roster. Right? Like, because he lost to Kurt Henning on TV. What do you not get about this? Yeah. I feel like Eric Bischoff just never really looked at him as like, oh, we need to, you know, really push Ric Flair and have him in top spots or whatever. Yeah, he was There's no doubt about Hogan that. a lot. Yeah. That's like, I know he wrestled Hogan a lot, but it was Hogan is taking on Flair. Hogan is taking on whoever. It was never, oh, well, you know, Ric Flair, a top guy, you know, he's, he's the, the top heel. I don't know. Plus, a lot of the stuff they did was kind of goofy. So, seemed like uh, Bischoff was always looking for the first chance to just throw him overboard, which I, I don't get. But either way, <sighs> wrapping up with w- a couple things with WCW here. In WCW, Barry Windham will be turning heel, heel, after Lex Luger leaves. Uh, I think that happens. Yeah, was it 92? I don't yeah, remember really... Uh, Luger, I believe, debuts on TV at WrestleMania 8. Yeah. But and not he's a wrestler for the WBF. Because he can't right. be a wrestler for another year, I believe, or something like that. And right. He debuts at the Royal Rumble 93. Yeah. Right. And I do remember, now that I think about it, by Starcade 92 that we revealed a couple, or we, we reviewed a couple weeks ago. Uh, he, oh, he was a heel. <laughs> right. Uh, he was he was a he was a freshly minted heel, I guess. So, uh, yeah. So I I do remember that now. Jushin Thunder Liger is expected to make frequent appearances in WCW this year and will be facing Brian Pillman at Super Brawl. That does happen. Now, see, I've seen their first Nitro match. I did not see the Super Brawl match, to the best of my knowledge. It was really good. Yeah, I've heard it from everybody that it was it was amazing, whatever, which I mean, look at who's in it. So I got to go back and check it out. Last WCW story, though, and well, tentatively rela- related to it. So Jason Hervey, business partner of uh, Eric Bischoff, former <laughs> star of the Wonder Years, appeared on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Missy Hyatt was shown with him and was introduced as, quote, a sports commentator out of Atlanta, end quote, with no mention of wrestling. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous were like, that's beneath us with that wrestling garbage. Well, I mean, Robin Leach did appear at WrestleMania 4, to be fair. Yeah. So he was actually on TV. I don't understand. Like, Maybe it was like because it wasn't the WWF, so they didn't want to mention it. I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. So, getting into the WWF here, though, I mean, you know what time it is. The most blistering steroid story yet uh, was published in the New York Post last week by, you guessed it, Phil Mushnick. He strongly that's, uh, Jim Cornette's best friend, I think. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he just had a major hate on for wrestling like he would make stuff up to make wrestling look worse than what it was it was pathetic but 
he strongly criticizes the WWF, Hulk Hogan, and Vince McMahon, and covers in detail statements from superstar Billy Graham and Dr. D. David Schultz. Well, that's a couple of good sources right there. Yeah, right. Uh, The biggest story, however, is that Graham reveals that the FBI is supposedly investigating Vince McMahon. (sighs) Graham claims that the FBI asked him to let them tap his phone and then have him call Vince to gather information. He also says that the WWF believes, or sorry, the FBI believes that McMahon may be connected to the mafia. And says, oh, good Lord. And says, quote, if anything happens to me or any member of my family, I want the FBI to start their investigation with Vince McMahon and the WWF, end quote. Oh, good God. Oh, Lord. Shut the hell up. I'm saying he might disappear because he keeps talking. I don't. Like, you're like, you're superstar Billy Graham in the year 1992. Shut the F up. Uh, David Schultz. (sighs) says he received several threatening phone calls after the Inside Edition story aired, and that if anyone from the WWF wants him, they know where to find him, and then talks about how he always carries a gun. I'm sure he does. Well, he'll slap a mofo. <laughs> oh, yeah. While Whilst wearing a Nazi t-shirt. Uh, if people <sighs> think I'm just making that up, I am not. I Look, and you can say, well, he was doing that to get heat. Maybe so. Still not an excuse. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, that's just certain things you shouldn't touch. Yeah, right. Uh, Hulk Hogan is turning into the scapegoat of this whole thing. What does this mean for the future? (laughs) What does this mean for the future, though? Despite now testing for steroids, it's obvious that most of the roster is still getting around it. The company reportedly just did its second round of steroids tests... And according to their rules, people who fail this test are now eligible to be suspended. However, Uncle Dave hasn't heard about anyone being suspended yet. Many wrestlers feel like WWF won't actually suspend them, and Uncle Dave tends to agree because he doesn't think that the company could survive if they actually had to suspend everyone who was juicing because it would be almost the entire roster. Business-wise... If he says so. Yeah, right. Business-wise, Vince McMahon is kind of in a bad spot, and if the media pressure gets worse, he'll have to do something drastic. Yeah, like call up, huh, well, you know, Jerry Jarrett, huh. (laughs) They do. You know, Vince, Vince, I can at least give you my chicken salad recipe, well, huh, you know, it's like, you know, you cut up the chicken and, you know, you add, (laughs) you know, like the walnuts and, well, you know. Got to add Miracle Whip, though, not that Hellman's, you know, that's that's what makes it good. Anyway. Good God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was having too much fun with that. Uh, in the local newspaper, or in a local newspaper interview, Bob Backlund says that he wants people to know that he never sold out to the steroid culture in the WWF. Ah, who would have guessed? I don't know, he looked like a roided-up freak to me. <laughs> oh, but he was definitely he, on some kind of, like, Ritalin or something. Oh, yeah, he was on something, all right. <laughs> I can't remember what I was watching. It's like, I don't know if there's something that you're taking too much of or not enough of, but stop it. <laughs> yeah, he was nuts, man. Right. Uh, he said that he felt snubbed by the WWF locker room near the end of his run because he refused to change his look or participate in the steroid and drug culture there, and that it makes 
uh, and that it makes him uneasy that Hulk Hogan is portrayed as a role model. And yet he's <sighs> on his way back to the WWE within, like, very soon. Later this yep. year. Yep. Kind of negates everything he just said. Yep. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, but anyway, moving on. This next story is effed up and not because like the wrestlers did anything like it's just like what happened to them i what a what a lead-in man (laughs) i actually heard about this story before and i forgot about it i was like oh god yeah that had like damn i never thought i'd feel sorry for these guys in my life but uh here we are oh let me guess uh the nasty boys oh my god how did you (laughs) you spot on or swear to god it was just a shot of the dark guess that is correct. <laughs> the lottery jackpot's up big time. I should go play it. This might be my You're, day. Yeah, right? Mega Millions was trending on Twitter, so uh, yeah, I might go check that out, too. I mean, uh, the the time period and what you said... Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was yeah, Let's hear it. still a good guess. But anyway, so the Nasty Boys are both going to be out a little longer than expected due to the whole stabbing thing from last week. So What's to, ex- thing? So to explain, yeah, oh, okay. well, the, uh, the Nasty Boys, along with IRS, all the driving crew, uh, did I say with IRS or the IRS again? I, <laughs> Doesn't matter. I it is the IRS. There's no other one wrestling, so you're not wrong. Yeah, I keep putting the in front of it. I, I don't mean to, I swear. That's because you're stupid Ohio State crap. I hope they get stopped by Michigan, Georgia. Go on, sorry. The IRS. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so the Nasty Boys, along with IRS, were driving, and some fans in another car, I don't know if they were fans, I should just say some guys in another car, pulled up beside them and began throwing things at the car and even bumped the car with their own. At a red light, everyone got out of the car to fight. Brian Nobbs was stabbed four times, three times in the arm and once in the stomach. And Jerry Sags was given a concussion when someone swung jumper cables and hit him in the head. Uh, both Why? were treated and because they wanted to fight, I guess. But both were treated and released from the hospital that night. Uh, so it doesn't say anything about IRS getting injured. So I'm going to assume Mike Rotunda stretched them and made them shove their own heads up their own asses. And then went over that 1040 with a fine tooth comb, but exactly. You're getting audited. (laughs) (laughs) Say what? Where did this happen at? Uh, it doesn't say, but same story. I've never heard this before. Well, it gets worse if you can believe it. How? Because apparently uh, two of the guys, I don't know who they are, but the third guy was named Chad Rains and was allegedly uh, one of the three attackers. Ten years after the Nasty Boys incident in 2002, Rains was shot and killed by police while he was trying to murder a 15-month-old baby by slashing her throat. Holy shit. Yeah. So, so I, uh, yeah, F that guy. Uh, oh, man, you want to talk about problems. Yeah, when stabbing a guy three times and concussing another guy uh, is not the worst thing you're going to do in your life. <sighs> Something's wrong. This old child. It's disgusting. Yep. Like, I don't cheer for people dying, 
But uh, yeah, I think I can be forgiven for uh, not feeling sorry for this guy. He got shot, right? Yeah, I said shot. He got off easy, if you ask me. But oh well, of course. Uh, he that's uh, crap. Yeah, effed up. Uh, getting into something a little less serious than that. Uh, Bret Hart dropped the WWF Intercontinental Title to the Mountie on January seventeenth in Springfield. Springfield, where I don't know. I didn't didn't say the state. Probably, Ma- but... probably Massachusetts. That's usually where they were. Yes. Okay. That's right. They say it on the show. Uh, I f- I completely forgot. You. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> so, anyway, we're uh, supposed to do a run in too. By the way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oddly enough, Brett would uh, <laughs> would be in Springfield a few years after this, but <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, it came out that Brett was negotiating with WCW and agreed to make a surprise debut at the Clash of the Champions on January 21st with the IC title, which would be WCW's receipt for Vince, quote, stealing the NWA world title. If you were lucky enough to have a satellite dish at the point, you could have seen the early airings of the syndicated shows on Wednesday, where they talked about Hart losing the title on the upcoming Friday. Consistency, pal. I'm going to choose to believe that's all fake. Yeah. Well, I thought he said he had a sternum injury. That's why he lost it. Uh, well, they said, no, well, they said he had like a, a the flu and a 104 degree fever or whatever the hell. So, which I thought was a shoot. But apparently, I mean, it might have been. But according to this, I did hear that he was negotiating with WCW in 92 and it fell through. So maybe this was it. And this was this would not be the first time Vince would take a belt off of Brett <laughs> threatening to take it to WCW. What was, what was the irony? I know, right? Like uh, five years after this, man. Well, five and a half years after this, give or take, you're uh, you're going to be in the same boat. And it's only going to be much worse. Yep, it's going to be the thing that you're remembered for. But anyway, to wrap up WWF stuff here, expect Sid Justice to turn heel sometime soon. Uh, uh yeah. I mean, well, yeah, like within like a few seconds. I mean, that doesn't exactly take Nostradamus to figure this crap out, but yeah. Not like Dave is telling us, you know, what day the world is going to end. Expect the sun to come out tomorrow. The sky to be yeah, blue. Right. And Sid to take time off during softball season. <laughs> That's a so lot. Well, exactly. This one is, this should have been my top story. I don't know why I had it so low on the list, but here we oh, are. Oh, man. The votes I can, are I, in. I can, I can hear the sarcasm. Okay, How go. dare you? I, I'm never sarcastic. <laughs> no. Anyway. Right. Me, right? Well, let's but, see the story first, and then we'll go on. We'll go with that after. Let's see. Yeah, right. Well, the votes are in for the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Year-End Award oh, for 1991. <laughs> uh, Wrestler of the Year was won by Jumbo Saruta. Uh, <laughs> he's a Japanese wrestler. we got to get that Snoop Dogg uh, audio clip. Who? <laughs> he's actually a real big legend in Japan, but I mean... I'm sure he, he is, but who? Right. Well, during this time... Yeah, I like by the time he had to retire uh, and I think he died fairly young, too. Uh, no one would have blamed you for not knowing who the hell he was because Japanese wrestling wasn't exactly like well known over here in America. 
But the category was dominated by Ric Flair for the previous decade. I know. I was shocked, too. <laughs> uh, most outstanding wrestler goes to Jushin Thunder Liger. I, I'm not sure what the difference is between wrestler of the year and most outstanding wrestler of the year is, but here we are. Uh, best babyface actually goes to Hulk Hogan. And the best heel is awarded to The Undertaker. Not Rick Flair, huh? Nope. Rick Flair literally gave the figure to another company, took their title, went to another company. How is that not the best heel? Right. Well, didn't The Undertaker... Do not misunderstand me, but really? Undertaker did rise up through the ranks pretty quickly in 91, and he won the... uh, Oh, yeah, totally. I'm not crapping on it at all. I would never, but... Come on, he dude. Was, I just laid it out for you why you should have been player, but Right. But didn't he feud with uh didn't he feud with Hogan through at least half of the year? Uh just um just our late late ninety two, the Royal, oh ninety one, the Royal Rumble. Or the Sorari series. Yeah, I remember the Tuesday in Texas and then yeah, I felt like they were done. This Tuesday in Texas, by the way, in the YouTube archives exclusively. Go check that out. We did review that show. We didn't make an entire show out of it because it's literally, what, five or six days after Survivor Series 91? Pretty much a two-match show. Yeah, we did review Survivor Series, now in the podcast archives, uh, and we didn't we didn't want to do this Tuesday in Texas because it would be the same news. So we literally just review the show. And, also, it was uh, a very short show, too, so. Right. Yeah, like yeah. you said, it's what, three, maybe three matches, four matches at most? I could think of only two that matter. It was the main event and then Jake Robertson, Macho Man. Yeah, and that one I don't think lived up to you know, what I was hoping it would be. But, I mean, it was fine. It was a good match. Um, just, I don't know. But, yeah, either way, it was, it was basically a two-match show. It's in the YouTube archives. Go check it out. It's on, I think it's maybe a half hour uh, we spent on it. But either way. I think uh, we also released it on the day of, on the anniversary, which is pretty cool. I believe that is correct, but yeah. Uh, this is something that actually ended up changing the wrestling business in a roundabout way. Joel Goodhart uh, has announced that he's out of money and out of the wrestling business as a result. Up until now, his TWA shows have been the biggest indie shows in the country, but he couldn't maintain it, apparently. Goodhart had talked about doing TV tapings, but the first show was already falling apart as he went bankrupt. Also, his deal with New Japan fell apart because his contracts there were, uh, or his contacts there, rather, were tired of not having phone calls returned. Well, it sounds like he's a stand-up businessman. Uh, I feel like he's a good friend of Paul Heyman. (laughs) Well, hold on to that. Uh, basically, Goodhart put on these huge indie shows with bloodbaths up and down the card, but those shows needed money to run and didn't draw enough money to pay for everyone. Whereas most indie shows would run with a couple of top, or excuse me, a couple of name guys on top, and then use local talent for the rest of the card. Goodhart would pay top stars to fly in and work the shows. Goodhart has uh, disconnected his phone and no one knows if refunds will be issued for the season tickets that he sold in advance of his tapings and quarterly shows. Again, tickets to a wrestling show. Yeah. Uh, How TNA of them. Uh, As it turned out, controlling interest in TWA was sold to his silent business partner, a pawnbroker named 
Todd Gordon, then changed the name of the company to Eastern Championship Wrestling. And those TV tapings got rolling after all. Oh, you said so, pawnbroker? Yep. I know. Who the hell's a pawnbroker? Uh, basically, a guy who works at a pawn shop. Okay. Yeah, so I, who would have thought that, you know, the, the original guy who founded ECW was a pawnbroker? <laughs> Not me, man. Who hooks up with the one Jewish guy in New York who's bad with money. But has a good father, a uh, good lawyer who's his father. <laughs> well, that one's just a given. He had to have one blessing in life. But yeah, so for any of you that don't know, this is the genesis of ECW right here. It was called TWA. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was TWA. I don't know what that is. Uh, I, I'm I going to say the Wrestling Alliance or something. Or, uh... Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. But either way, that's what it started as. And then it morphed into Eastern Championship Wrestling. And then it became extreme championship wrestling. So within literally three years, it had three names. Is there any chance it was Texas Wrestling Academy? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, It was Tri-State Wrestling Alliance. Okay. So we can rule out Trojan Wrestling Academy. I really wanted to be Trojan because there were some common jokes, but damn it. Okay. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, no, it started. So it was in the New York area, which makes sense. Uh, Tri-State Wrestling Alliance. Uh, and then it became NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. Uh, and then I guess it started as the TWA in 89. So a three-year run-ish. And oh, that's some uh, yeah. UWF stuff. <laughs> right. And then they seceded from the NWA in 94. And I think... I think I don't know if it was in '94 they officially changed to Extreme Championship Wrestling, or if it was in '95. I but feel like they did it when Shane Douglas threw them belt. Whenever that was, yeah, I really can't remember off the top of my head. But either way, I, I think you uh, you might be right with that one. And they just kind of rebranded everything. But there is a famous way. promo with Todd Gordon talking about it too. So yeah. Uh, and then this guy would get ousted from the company after a while for uh, doing some shady business practices. No. Regardless. Yeah, I know. But the pawnbroker? No. I wonder if how he negotiated for that company. He's like, mm, it's got some wear and tear on it. I can give you maybe 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I got to be it's able to make money in, uh... scale, okay? The <laughs> <laughs> uh, scene in Force Awakens with that guy, but animals offering like two or three credits for bits of stuff yeah. yeah oh man i'm just thinking of like the memes from uh pawn stars <laughs> yep that's it or uh you know gamestop that's a brand new game i literally just unwrapped it oh okay uh i'll give you um 10 bucks <laughs> and look right, I'm 11 out on this deal 11 and you know i won't report you yeah right so, this story, man. Antonio Inoki is negotiating with James Buster Douglas for a wrestler versus boxer match for the Tokyo Dome, possibly as early as March. Thank God. Everybody wanted to get a part of Buster Douglas. 
Yeah. So they realized he was a one-trick pony. He was about to get his ass kicked by Holyfield. Mm-hmm. He meant nothing afterward ever again. But yeah. He got a lucky win. And that was it. You, Did- you got to respect the guy for riding that wave, though. You know, he took advantage of it. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, so... Did he legitimately beat Tyson, or did Tyson say he took a dive, or like? Well, no, he legitimately was, beat him. He knocked him okay. out. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Eh. I mean, Tyson was with uh, what's it, Don King, and you know, lots of questionable stuff with that. But so I, I, didn't I don't know. know what you're talking about. But... Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Don King is totally on the up and up. <laughs> God. Only in America. Yeah. Right. But either way, thank God this quote-unquote match did not ever end up happening. As far as I know, the only boxer that Anoki ever faced was Muhammad Ali. Which, I mean, if you're going to get one, that's so the one. So he started at the top and stayed there. Yeah. Well, as far as the competition, yes. As far as the match, <laughs> the match was just, uh, uh, in, in the words of uh, a certain somebody, not good, bad, not bigly. Worst ever. I've been told it's the worst match of all time. Look, that's just what people tell me, okay? <laughs> uh, this one, I don't know anything about this guy, but the end of the story, I was like, wow, <laughs> on the nose. Former world-class championship wrestling ring announcer Ralph Pulley passed away this week, and one of his pallbearers was Paul Bearer, a.k.a. Percy Pringle. Can't write that. Right. I just wow. It's kinda I, I like how Hawk was apparently the one that came up with the name too. They said they were sitting in the locker room trying to I don't know why he was like around at the time, like the, the booking guys. They were trying to come up with a name for him and he's like, What about Paul Bearer? You know, Paul Bearer, but like the name. And he's like, That's great. <laughs> it seems like such a like a layup, dude. <laughs> I know, right? The two quotes I will always remember from, like, obviously I wasn't there to hear them, but everybody quotes them, was uh, that one from Hawk, and then the other one where they signed uh, uh, Sid. I think, it was, I think it was when they signed Sid or Spivey, one of them, and he was like, you got the wrong skyscraper. Uh, that had to be Sid. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, well, because he was saying they should have signed uh, Mark, obviously, Mark Callis, but... Uh, I mean, it it happened, so a little late, but whatever. Credit Either for, way, credit to him for being right. Yeah, right. Hey, look, other than you know, and I'm going to excuse this by him being loyal to his fellow Minnesota guy, but uh, other than nails, he seemed to have an eye for talent. So there's that. Last story I got here, Don Owens Portland Wrestling is still running shows, but without television to promote them, attendance is dropping drastically, and they won't be able to survive like this for long. Also, Don Owen has listed the Portland Sports Arena for sale. I I would be sad if I knew anything about that. The only things I know about it um, are that Roddy Piper was a frequent wrestler there. He was friends with Don Owen. Yeah, he lives in uh, or lived, I should say, in Portland for the longest time. So Roddy Piper was there a lot. Uh, Raven got his start there as uh, Scotty the body. And uh, what a body that was there. Yeah, right. Now you look at him and you're like, whoa. (laughs) But 
uh, and then, uh, what was he? Oh, um, speaking of guys you look at now and say, whoa, I can't, can't think of his damn Jerry name. Lawrence? He was, uh, no, <laughs> whoa, uh, he was on WrestleMania. He took on Hercules, Billy Jack Haynes. That was it. Billy Jerk uh, Haynes. Yes. Billy Jack Haynes was from Portland. He wrestled there a lot. So, uh, he was, he was a frequent at, uh, Portland wrestling. So there's there's actually a lot of history there. They said you never made ba- like great payoffs there, but it was consistent. Don Owen was a good guy. Quite a few people got their start there. So it's just Portland's a weird area, in my opinion, to have a territory. Like really? Yeah. Portland. I mean, it's kind of just get, up there. Yeah. It's like I guess it's like you're sort of. I've been there. There's not on, much going on there, so. Yeah. Right. Like, you're kind of just banking on people coming in from Washington and Cali, I guess. But like, I guess why you not can just... throw in Idaho. It's right next to it, too. But... Dude, Idaho has a population so small, the entire state has one area code. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm right not joking. <laughs> I'm not even joking. If anybody looks it up, one area code. I thought that was South Dakota, too. Probably. Hey, South Dakota, where we have a population so small, you can pretty much pick whatever you want for a personalized license plate. <laughs> Trust me, it's available. But anyway, we are going to take our next break here. When we come back, we're diving into the Royale Rumble right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It is time to dive into WWF Royal Rumble 1992. Took place January 19th, 1992. It took place at the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York. 
in front of an attendance of uh, 17,000 people. 260,000 people bought this show on pay-per-view. But not bad. Especially for 92, that's pretty decent. I forget, like, you you were pretty young at this time, so I highly doubt you remember. But, like, uh, do you happen to remember when pay-per-view switched over from having to, like, drive there and pick up a stupid effing, like, adapter box? Yeah, so I've at- never, ever heard that in my life, so. <laughs> yeah, I know that was a thing in the 80s. Uh, I don't know when it stopped. Every pay-per-view I ever watched with anybody, they just or- they pushed the button on the remote and ordered it. <laughs> Right, yeah. So I, I don't know. By the time I was ordering pay per views, it was like you had the on screen guide and everything at that point. So I, I never had to do that. My family didn't really do pay per view anyway, so I just had to get it on VHS afterwards. What? But people need to Google it. I'm telling you, so uh, you can you can occasionally find some on uh, you know in in some local yard sales and garage sales around you. So go to the oldest house on the block. I'm sure they got some. <laughs> but we start the show with Vince McMahon screaming at us, uh, all the Royal Rumble participants. Classic. Uh, I I will say I liked it. It went on forever because there's you know 30 guys, but I liked it. It was classic. There were no surprises in this Royal Rumble. Everybody was known. I guess the surprise was basically like figuring out, you know, who came in when. So very different from today's Royal Rumble. But uh, it worked either way. uh, We then go to Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan to tell us the matches that we'll see tonight. This is one of my all time favorite combos on uh, commentary ever. But they were. They, they mostly they were said awesome. Gorilla was one of the worst. Yeah, he hated Gorilla. He always said he was one of the worst uh, wrestling commentators of all time. <sighs> Look, I mean, if you're looking for like knowing the names of all the moves and you know doing strict play-by-play, no, he was not that kind of guy. But I enjoyed his commentary. And Stories, yes, bro. <laughs> right. Well, and yes, he was very hyperbolic. Uh, they, we got like a hundred thousand people in here, and then the next time we got two hundred thousand people in here. Like, yeah, I, Hulk Hogan like, comes out, the building literally explodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I get it, whatever. But I still enjoyed it. I I thought he was great, and his stuff with Bobby about Heenan not was over. Awesome. It's not about it's about not overanalyzing it, douchebag he Dave. <laughs> And I always liked uh, Bobby Heenan would say something smart-ass. And he'd go, will you stop it? My favorite. Much of that in the Royal match here. Right. I I did. It's still, like, to this day, gets me in the feels seeing uh, Bobby Heenan eulogizing uh, Gorilla Monsoon on Nitro. That was, that was sad. Because they were legit, like, best friends. So that sucks. But either way, something else that sucked. First match here. It is how dare you? It is the Orient Express of Kato and Tanaka. I don't know how they got away with calling him Kato with Mr. Fuji in their corner. They're taking on the new foundation of Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart. Mother of God, those outfits. This how 90s were those outfits, dude? God, these were this was too much for the 90s. Like, this is something you wear to make fun of the 90s. 
Can we back up for a second? Know, no, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Go. Oh, oh, well, I was going to say for anybody that doesn't know, they were wearing like par- like neon colored parachute pants with like checkered designs on them. Something MC Hammer suspenders. would have wore if he was white. Let's say that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Geez, these would have been turned down by MC Hammer. <laughs> You've been like, hell no, I ain't blind. So why? What, what am I missing about Kato, by the way? Kato was the name of the uh, the assistant for um, the the Green Hornet. Like oh, that's where they got it from. That's why I was like, isn't that trademarked? I mean, I guess not. It was Hulk Hogan, so I'm a Hulk. Yeah. So they had uh, a report off from each DC and Marvel. There you go. Boom. Yeah. Was it Green Hornet? Uh, Marvel? Oh, you said or, Green, or I DC Green Lantern? I, I, oh no, no. Yeah, I don't know what the hell Green Hornet is, but. Oh, God hey, dang it, pal. There you go. Well, I can help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and oh, nothing says current like ripping off a show from like what the 70s <laughs> in 1992. Did you happen to notice in this match, by the way, that Gorilla slipped up and called him Professor Tanaka? Oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And this, uh, this team, for anybody who doesn't know, was the, weren't they, the, or they were bad company. In the AWA. And he didn't have a mask on, right? Right. Neither one of them. Yeah, they wore like leather and whatever. But I can't remember. It was Pat Tanaka and... Was it... Ah, Crap, I can't remember the other one's name. Doesn't matter, but... Either way, this match goes for 17 minutes and 18 seconds. Let me just start by saying... There was a tag match in the previous Royal Rumble with the Orient Express and the Rockers. Which is an all-time classic tag match. This match is a far cry from it. That was literally an AWA match. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this goes without saying, but Owen and Jim look incredibly stupid. Uh, Kato... God rest thro- soul. Yeah. Uh, Kato throw. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Dang, both of them are passed now. That sucks. But Kato throws Owen into Mr. Fuji's cane that he's holding up in the corner. But Owen is close to the ropes and gets a break for the pin, to which everybody went, boo. Yeah, because they knew the match was going to go on. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) In the end, Owen's suicide dives onto Kato outside. The new foundation hit the rocket launcher on Tanaka. Okay, well, just to remind us that... I kind of dug the name of that, actually. It was clever. Yeah, but that's just to show, just to remind us, like you said, that the team that uses that move better is, on, well, was on the other station. <laughs> yeah, there is that. But I mean, they, they call it that because they were throwing Owen. He was the rocket. Yeah. See, <laughs> now that makes sense. But they also called it the rocket launcher for the Midnight Express. Yeah. Uh, so, did they rip it off because that was the name? Probably. They, I mean, it makes sense now that you mention it. I didn't even think about that aspect of it. But yeah. Yeah, anyway. I didn't think about the Midnight Express part. So there you go. Yeah, I really didn't. <laughs> I'm not even well, joking. I just thought it. it was clever. I'm like, they're throwing Owen. He's the rocket. It makes sense. But I didn't realize right. they ripped it up. So I don't know how I feel now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know what to do. Well, what, what do I do with my hands? Uh, but <laughs> good lord. Do you remember when uh, Big Cass and Enzo did that move? It's Big Bill. Good lord. No, it's William XL, damn it. No, that's his name now. It's Big Bill. It's even what? more lately. Yeah, that's his name now in AEW. 
big Holy bill. God. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> wow. Yes. Uh, that's awful. Big that's the worst bill. name he's ever had. <laughs> Yikes. Big that's, that's, bill. Sounds like something you call your buddy at the bar. I've been going at work this week, Big Bill. Or oh, it's the bouncer God. at said bar. Hey, we're going to get Big Bill and knock his ass out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Either way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Cass and Enzo. I remember Cass and Enzo started it, and they actually started calling it the Rocket Launcher, and then they changed the name of it, like, the very next week or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah don't remind us that a more talented team used to do that move. Right, yeah. <laughs> But either way, getting to, to the wrap-up here, they hit the rocket launcher on Tanaka. Owen pins him, and they win. This one went way too long, in my opinion. Uh, Uncle, Dave, God, Uncle Dave gives it three and a quarter stars. Oh, my God. I give it two and a half for average. Let's say you. I barely gave it two, but I did. It was fine, but it would have been, a, I mean, it would have been more tolerable <sighs> if you hack off, like, at least seven minutes. There's no excuse for this. Like, ugh. <sighs> I feel but like, anyway. I feel like it was one of those, another one of those matches where it was a chore to watch it. And my like, thing you know is, I, mean? like, I like, I don't mind watching the shows for us to review here, but man, right. when they're this lame, and like, oh my god, why am I doing this? <laughs> well, my thing with this here is like I know this wasn't like a coined thing at this point. However, uh, oh, this is one of their this is one of their big four. Like yeah. and what what did this match mean? They're just putting people on the card. Considering at the WrestleMania after this, it's gonna be Owen one on one with Skinner. Clearly they had big plans for him. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Uh, Skinner I th- every time somebody mentions him now, that's all I can think of is Skinner. <laughs> but anyway, we go back with Lord Alfred Hayes, who recaps the Mountie defeating a flu-ridden Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title at a house show in Massachusetts, and then beating him down with the belt after the match. Yeah, Roddy Piper should. then comes... It's a belt, damn it. Uh, Roddy Piper then comes to the ring and tells the Mountie to GTFO which he apparently, which he uh, he does, but then when Roddy checks on Brett, who could have foreseen the Mountie hits him in the back with the IC title? Then the Mountie turns his back on Piper, and Piper attacks him. Everyone's stupid. This was a little go... little like an elementary school fight, but <laughs> this was effing dumb. Like, wait for me to turn my back, then you can hit me. And then I'll and then I'll turn or you'll turn your back and I'll hit you. Do you realize so far in this show we've crapped on like two at least two great wrestlers? Yeah, that are, that are no longer here. And it's not out of spite; it's just because it was so stupid. Yep. Well, this involves Jacques Rougeau, so I mean, it's bound to be at least halfway dumb. He was not that bad a wrestler, to be fair, but he was so stupid. <laughs> right. He was the Mountie. Of course he was going to be stupid. And not for too much longer. That's about to go away. Because yeah. they're making Mounties look bad. That's a real oh, story, yeah. folks. Not even joking. 
Yeah, because they don't do a good enough job of that on their own. Anyway. Wow. We've now lost Canada. Oh, no. <laughs> well, then. Uh, we now go to uh, Sean Mooney standing by with Jimmy Hart and the Mountie. Hart says that Brett wasn't sick with the flu. He was sick with losing. Mountie says that he took Yeah, because that made sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Mountie says that he took Brett's belt and his pride from him, and he's going to take Piper's skirt and manhood. <laughs> I wanted to, like, pull my shirt over, like, my chest a little bit. Like, it felt, like, a little dirty hearing that. He's going to take his manhood? <laughs> yeah, you're going to take his skirt and his manhood? Like, ew. That's gross. Well, you know, hey, hey, hey Rod- we don't judge. But it's still gross. Or not right. gross, weird. But we now switch to Roddy Piper, who's, uh, I think, uh, Mean Gene standing by with him. Uh, and he says that the Mountie is what is one of the village people. And <laughs> well, that would work. Yes. Oh, hold on real quick. So WrestleMania six, he does the blackface thing. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of mocking African-Americans. And here he calls him one of the village people, which is widely known as if you say that you're. You're basically making a gay slur. Oh, well, I mean, strap yourself in for the rest of this promo. I'm just, Uh, (laughs) he had no filter. (laughs) I mean, I took it as because they're all like dressed. I can't remember what comedian was saying that. He was like, I know. And I did too, but I'm just saying, right. People look back on it and how they uh, pick it apart. The rest of, well, to your point, the rest of this promo kind of backs up what you were thinking, but we'll get to that in a second. I can't yeah, remember I what comedian. So Sorry, <laughs> right. I can't remember what comedian said this. Or he's like, yeah, every you know, every town needs the village people, man. You need a you need a cop and a fireman and a big gay Indian. Wow. <laughs> and the it's Navy captain, true. by the way, the Navy captain. Yeah, cons- yeah, there was a Navy guy. Well, I, well, I don't know. They had a construction worker. I know they did that song in the Navy. So I don't know which further you know, pushed forward a stereotype about the Navy, but we're not going there. Well, Red Foreman did that enough, but move on. <laughs> right. But either way, uh, he says that the Mountie is one of the village people, and both he and Jimmy Hart keep kissing the IC title, leaving lipstick on it. <laughs> he then tells the Mountie <sighs> that, that he's been dreaming, and he thinks it's all been wet. <laughs> To which I say yet again, what the fuck? <laughs> so that drives home your point of what you were thinking. Oh, man. Uh, also, at WrestleMania 2, you want to talk, uh, talk about inappropriate stuff. When Piper keeps cutting promos about uh, Mr. T, he, he keeps bringing up uh, apes and gorillas and monkeys. So... <sighs> Yeah, that's, it's look, ironic, and I'm not, not going to sit here and defend him, or I'm not going to not defend him, but it's like, did, like, did he do this on purpose? I think so. Like, I think he was a little racist. Did he think he was untouchable? He can say whatever the hell he wants, or did he have a little racism in him? He was definitely racist, because in a shoot promo, at least, a, he might not, I'm not saying he, he was, you know, with the KKK or anything, but in shoot promos, like talking about uh, I think when he was, he said something about uh, Tony Atlas being a dumb N word, and 
I don't think I ever want to yeah. see that. Yeah, I was like, oh God, that's um, some Again, something I'm that not, was said. I'm not defending it. Please don't misunderstand me. But a lot of people said he was known to stay in character an awful lot. I'm not saying yeah. he was. I'm not saying he wasn't. I don't know. I'm just saying that's what I've heard. Well, past that, uh, as far as the gay thing, I did hear that he was like extra sensitive about like anything having to do with homosexuality, whatever. Like he strikes me as one of them. Like ew, a gay uh, guy. That, fast forward a little quick. The, the few with gold dust. It's all coming back to me. Yeah, he stepped in that feud for for Razor Ramon, who uh, said he didn't want to be in that. Who stepped it, out for that reason? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Razor didn't want to do a, a gay gimmick kind of you know storyline, so I'm Piper lost, steps man. in. So so Piper's like, I have no problem beating up the supposedly gay guy. Throw me in, coach. I'm, oh, I'm God. I would bet my life he didn't say gay guy. Oh, yeah. Probably something else. That, uh, well, started with an F. We'll say that. We're not going to say it. So. It means a bundle of sticks. So there's that. Or uh, or if you're in Britain, uh, it's it, it means a cigarette. I think that's France. <laughs> no, I say it in England. So, I mean, probably in France, too. But <laughs> that one hit. <laughs> kind of going Ooh. off the rails and i hope we don't get any heat hey, i don't look yeah i don't give a damn whatever 100 years old well, dead so whatever live your life how you on, want. piper didn't like it we grew up on <laughs> right we grew up on roddy piper and hulk hogan we're big fans of them shut the f up i don't you know again not defending their personal opinions but I, we liked them as wrestlers but now we get Real to this quick, after way, all that a side note mattel we need a sean mooney figure oh hell what the yeah. hell I mean that. I thought for sure he was coming back to WWF like a year or two ago. Because remember, he yeah. shut down his podcast and said he was yeah. moving on to other things. That's part of my I don't know what the hell he's doing. I need that in my details. Let's go. Yeah, right next, right next to your Doc Hendricks. I, I love that figure. Seriously. It <laughs> looks awesome. I own a damn Brie Bella just so I could own him. You had to get her. So boom. Wow. <laughs> you also have a uh, Michael P.S. Hayes. I do. Yep. Nice. He got both versions. But anyway, this is the Monty with Jimmy Hart in his corner. He's defending the Intercontinental title against Rowdy Roddy Piper. This one only goes five minutes and 22 seconds. And you Look, know what? It was perfect, I think. Yeah, but my thing is, I'm not clamoring to see more of the Monty after. Look, he's not bad, but I don't want to see like a long drawn out match with him. But. You're going to give this for the IC title under five and a half minutes. And that last match w- that meant nothing went almost <laughs> 18 minutes. Okay. When you put it like that, now you're just nitpicking though. Me, right? <laughs> you, uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, they also hit one of my pet peeves of the champion entering first. In the end, Jimmy Hart gets on the apron. Piper dodges as the Mountie collides with him. Piper locks in the sleeper hold and causes the Mountie to pass out. Uncle Dave gives this uh, one and three quarter stars. Uh, I give it two, two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it two. I remember marking out when I was a kid for this moment, though. Also, did you notice uh, when Piper won, Fink took like 20 minutes to announce the winner? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, right. Like what? What was the delay? We knew he won. Yeah. Well, like looking back at it, final decision. Looking back at it, and like knowing what I know about wrestling now, I'm like, because did he hold the sleeper on too long? Was the referee about to reverse the decision? What What was going on? Like you know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's that's that's a weird thing. Uh, but I think wasn't this the first title in the WWF he ever held? Yeah. Yeah, because he says it. Like he didn't says it flat out. Wow. That's that's crazy. Like, really? He'd been in the WWF forever. He'd been in main event feuds, no titles. Nope. Although, you know, not to use uh, Bruce Pritchard, anytime somebody brings stuff up like that, he's like, well, he didn't need a title. Like, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Like, why? Why can't you just give him the title? Wait, so you're telling me he didn't need a title, but Greg Valentine did? Because <laughs> Valentine was the Intercontinental Champion, like, a couple times, I believe. Coco Beware didn't need a title. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pit grief. Well, after the match, Jimmy Hart runs in and Piper dodges him, causing him to run into the ropes. He then grabs the Mountie's shock stick and uses it on the Mountie and a stupid buzzer sound effect plays over the speakers when this happens. It literally goes. It's it's sounding like a kid's party favor. Right. Or like, like, you know, or like when the answer isn't on the board for uh, for family feud. (laughs) Or like, well, yeah. I think if you watch old school like fifties sitcoms, the doorbell of like their apartment. That's my yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, America's Got Talent when they give them the red X. Yeah, right. Something like that. Yeah, it was just it was awful. But anyway, uh, the crowd goes absolutely nuts for the Piper title win. Well, they they were all in for Piper at this point. Backstage, Lord Alfred Hayes knocks on Hulk Hogan's dressing room door and walks in to speak with the happy Hulkster. Uh, Hogan this is says, some of the worst acting or just fake smiling I've ever seen in my life, by the way. And you know I'm a dire Hulk Hogan fan. But good yeah, Lord. Yeah, this, well, I'll get the awful Alfred, comments here in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I never understood that. It's like, why, like, Alfred's supposed to be a baby face. Because like, I, or at least neutral. that awful Alfred, that's... I thought that was obvious, but maybe it's just me. Yeah, I get that, but it's like mean Gene can be like a positive thing. Awful Alfred is never good. <laughs> yes, that's true. So, like, what do you like? What do you have against Alfred Hayes, dude? It was British. I guess so. F you, America first, brother. <laughs> uh, your uh, your country's ran by a by a wrinkly old lady and a tiny baby. Hey, I don't think she was wrinkly yet. <laughs> yeah, you're getting there. Anyway, uh, Hogan says that tonight he has no friends and he's looking to win the WWF title. He then kicks Alfred out so he can prepare for his match. By the way, in this promo and his next promo, he's very proud of himself because he comes up with, well, that's not my cup of tea. Get it? Because you're British? Cup of tea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, like what the f- okay not some of Hogan's best work I'll say that but now we go backstage to mean Gene Okerlin unfortunately standing by with the Bushwhackers and Jameson 
Good God. Even as a kid, this is one of the things I, I, I told you when I was a kid, I ate up all the baby faces. Yeah. Even as a kid, I thought these guys were the stupidest thing in wrestling. Never That's, liked them. Their gimmick is that they're gross and they're, and they're from uh, New Zealand. Cool. They a crap on the whole country. Yeah, right. Uh, Luke, who probably didn't wash his hands before, uh, after pooping and before this promo. We know uh, probably about that. <laughs> uh, he calls the Beverly brothers, the Beverly sisters. Uh, how progressive of him. Uh, Butch says that after they're done with the Beverly brothers and the genius, they're going to feed the genius to Jameson. Jameson says that he's going to crush the genius. Like what the F is this guy? And me, Gene asks if he's got the phone number for Mr. Blackwell. I didn't get that one. Yeah, I think Mr. Blackwell's like a, a well-dressed guy. He's no pursuits and stuff. I, I, that's how I took it. He was talking about his oh, suit okay. or his lack thereof. Like, just like all ripped up or yeah. what was it? James, there, was, there, was, there was something wrong with his suit. Remember, it's like he ripped up or open or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's disgusting and yeah. ripped up and he's got socks hanging out of it. Yeah. So yeah, he's talking about Mr. Blackwell getting him a new suit. That's how I took it. That's the Jameson Warehouse. You're going to hate the way you look. <laughs> oh, I tell you, man, that guy. This... Wait, you what? Not Jameson. The, the, like, you'll like the way you look. Oh, the men's warehouse guy? Yeah. yeah. He you lives in San Francisco. <laughs> hey, hey, hook me up with a suit. I don't get suits anymore. <laughs> wow. Nice. George, <sighs> well, George something, right? Zimmerman? I. I have no idea to be <laughs> clueless on that. I one. think it's Zimmerman. Not to be confused with that Zimmer guy in Florida, but I don't touch that. I think it's Zimmerman. Yeah, right. Pretty sure it's Yeah, I it gotcha. Well, this one is the Beverly brothers of Bo and Blake Beverly with the genius in their corner taking on <sighs> the Bushwhackers, Luke <sighs> and Butch with Jameson in their corner. I'm not sure, but the way they were what? talking, if the Bushwhackers win, does Jameson get like in right time with the genius? He gets time alone with the genius, I believe. Okay. Let me tell you the oh, most that's part of this creepy. match, okay? <laughs> yeah. One of the Beverly Brothers, their their son wrestles on NXT today. That's the most interesting part of this match. Doesn't he suck? He he's getting a little better actually. Isn't he a What's his big name again? Mofo? I was, look at his name all the time. Von Wagner. Von Wagner, yeah. He's getting a little bit better. He's That's got good. Robert Stone speaking for him, which helps a lot. Um, yeah. One guy I'll never complain about, like second generation guy not using their family's name, is going to be him. Like, <laughs> which one is his dad? Is it Bob Enos never, or? It's not Enos, it's the other yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't think of his name now, but Bloom, yeah. right? Bloom, Wayne? Yeah, Wayne Bloom. Yeah. Yep, Wayne Bloom. Ah, good Lord. Excuse me, I'm waiting but for the soundbite. That is correct. Thank you. There you go. A little late to the, to I the don't draw like that on that one. But... You're slipping. I'm disappointed, yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, so is it just me or did the Beverly Brothers look like Dollar Store Midnight Express? Oh, God, yes. I didn't Except think about it until capes, today. Though. But they wore capes. Yeah, they so, didn't wear no. ring jackets. They wore capes. So there you go. And 
they they looked they looked kind of like them. They were li- they were a little bigger, and they had like half the talent. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Jameson's glasses are held together by tape and safety pins. His the original hair, Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah, his hair looks oily and greasy. He also looks like he crawled out of a dumpster and has dirty socks sticking out of his pockets. Like, this is just and illogically just, stupid. And and just for the record, you're not using hyperbole. No. <laughs> you're he, not. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch would have been, like, gross. <laughs> Get the hell out of my clean garbage. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he also pulls food out of his pockets and eats it during the match. <laughs> to be fair, that's a bushwhacker staple. What the actual fuck is this? Good lord. Uh, about <sighs> Jameson, Bobby Heenan says... Really? You know how- about Jameson? Really? I guess. Well, well Bobby Heenan <laughs> says... He says, you know how hard it is to leave a ring around the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> <laughs> and Gorilla... I like your... Gor- Gorilla's follow-up was awesome. He said, I'm going to leave a ring around your neck here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So the genius grabs Jameson by the coat at one point and slaps him. In the end, the Beverly brothers hold one of the Beverly's holds Butch. The other hits a diving axe handle and they get the win. Way too long. I don't know if I mentioned that this was 15 minutes. Way too boring. Sucked. Uncle Dave gave it negative star and a half. I gave it a half a star. Yuck, what say you? Uh, three stars. Was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I gave it one. This was terrible. This is an abomination. And it went for I've a never seen anything an with a bushwhacker. I've, I've never seen anything with the bushwhackers that's more than a one, to be honest with you. There was, uh, what, I can't remember what show it was, but we reviewed some show where they were the uh, sheep herders in NWA. I think I gave it two. It okay. was passable. Okay. I clearly said the Bushwhackers. Go ahead, rewind. Yeah, I <laughs> Well, I didn't know if you meant like the, the guys. No. They actually did stuff as the sheep herders. Bushwhackers were stupid. Nothing good, but, but yeah, stuff. Well, I was going to say, compared to this, what they did as the sheep herders was freaking masterful. But yeah, this is effing garbage. And they're in the Hall of Fame. <sighs> yeah, they were there. a huge staple on wrestling, though, to be fair. Like it or not, they did contribute a lot. So, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is one of them where it's like, look, you've been in the league for a long time, so we're going to give you a Hall of Fame <laughs> nod. <sighs> Man. Well, after the match, the Bushwhackers, like true baby faces, jump the Beverly brothers from behind and beat him up. They then pull the genius into the ring and hold him for Jameson. This takes forever. Jameson winds up his stupid fist and then, en- and then ends up kicking the genius in the shin. The Bushwhackers. I'm going to do put- it real quick. Say what? I just want to point out. I just want to point out one of the biggest stars in wrestling at this point, Roddy Piper, six minutes. Yep, but no, this gets a quarter of an hour plus 
the afterbirth. Because this, after going 15 minutes, needs an afterbirth. But not anyway. even a good afterbirth if there's such a thing. Nope. Well, the Bushwhackers then take the genius's graduation cap and put it on Jameson, kiss him, and then lick him. What the fuck? You can only use that if you didn't expect it to happen, to be fair. Yeah, I just... Anyway, we go backstage now with real wrestlers. Mercifully, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, me and Gene Okalin is standing by with the Legion of Doom, minus Paul uh, Paul Ellering. Brody's. Animal, sa- Animal says that they will take on all comers and all challengers. Hawk says that the natural di- uh, the natural disasters like throwing their weight around, but so does the LOD. Tonight, after they beat the disasters, their tongues will be hanging out, quote, like dead deers. Okay. And uh, I had to mention, by the way, deers isn't a word. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> deer. Uh, well, look, I guess I never, I mean, as a kid, I didn't really think about it or give a damn. Hawk had the goofiest damn promos of all time. Oh, yeah. He had the best, worst promos ever. Yeah. Like the one promo, he said something like he spoke for 10 minutes or for, for like five minutes calling somebody a booger and talk about how he couldn't flick that booger. And couldn't get it out of his nose. And it's like, <laughs> good lord, how long are you gonna go on about boogers? You ever seen the one where he's in the barber shop with Bruce Beefcake? No. He holds up he holds up the brush and says, Oh, what a brush. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> that one's kind of funny. I'll give him that one. <laughs> <sighs> but this is the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal, defending the WWF World Tag Team titles against the Natural Disasters, Earthquake, and Typhoon, with Jimmy Hart in their corner. This goes for nine and a half minutes. Gorilla Monsoon sets up the ending of this right away by saying, "Before <laughs> this is before the LOD even enters, he says that the champs can only lose their titles via pinfall or submission. So, you know, I didn't catch foreshadowing. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I've never seen Hawk and Animal sell for anyone like they did for the Natural Disasters, proving that they could sell if they wanted to. Or they're legitimately getting beat up. Those are two big mofos. That is true. Uh, They all end up brawling outside of the ring. The Typhoon rolls back in before the 10 count. So the Natural Disasters win. However, they do not win the titles. Uncle Dave gave it one and a half stars. I give it two for slightly below average. What say you? I I gave it one. This sucked. I didn't totally hate this because, I, like I mentioned last week, I kind of dig the big meaty men smacking meat style matches. So this was uh, this was something for me. Uh, I always like the natural disasters. Uh, I know it's a weird one to, to hang on, but I always like them. But well, that explains why in Times Square you needed to get that earthquake, which I have, by the way, too. But you were kind of adamant about getting that. Is that where I got that earthquake? That is where you got it, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, but yeah, uh, you were I, really adamant about that. Like, <laughs> that explains it. I always Again, like I that out. Ball too, so I'm not knocking it, but just... And I have a typhoon, so it. Uh, I, I got the, to- the, the team. Yeah. But... 
The Natural Disasters and Jimmy Hart celebrate with the world tag titles after the match until the LOD slides in with chairs and take them out. Mean Gene then makes the announcement that if the- anything needs an afterbirth, it's a match that ends with a countout. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, Howard Finkel uh, <laughs> announces that the uh, titles didn't change hands and the LOD celebrate in the ring with the tag titles. So there you go. Two matches Stupid. in a row with unnecessary afterbirths. Backstage in the locker room. By the way, room. I just realized there's an abundance of tag matches on the show. <laughs> I know, right? And this is the only one that meant a damn thing. But backstage, Sean Mooney is in the locker rooms, recapping what we just saw, you know, because we didn't just pay for this to watch it or anything. Well, now, uh, hold on. This, back then, they did have the, the what do you call them, um, what do you call those intermissions? So it oh, could have been yeah. after intermission, to be fair. I don't know. but Yeah, never know. Well, Jimmy Hart comes in uh, into the frame sounding like an angry Mickey Mouse. He says that he's, he's calling his lawyer and his attorney about this. Uh, you know, yeah. I, well. <laughs> I mean, I always thought lawyers and attorneys were the same thing, but, you know. Me, right? <laughs> but, uh. Well. The natural you don't know disasters. anything, clearly, but whatever. Yeah, clearly. The natural disasters come charging in, screaming and yelling about how they beat the LOD and kicked their butts. Their lack of knowledge of the rules apparently means that they were wronged. Because they're well, too stupid to know how you win the titles. I don't want to... I'm not trying to make fun of the deceased, but... Is it just me, or did you never understand what Earthquake was saying, like, ever? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, you had to listen really closely. He just, he was always at a 10. Always, always at a 10, always sweating, couldn't stop moving, <laughs> yeah, right. always, always pointing at the camera. <sighs> and again, yep. you know, I'm not disrespecting the deceased. I mean, it just, maybe What's that's that? how he was supposed to be doing it on TV. I don't know. Maybe that's a, it was just weird to me, dude. He just, I, I couldn't understand him half the time. It's like a Brian Nobbs promo. If you ever go back and listen to Brian Nobbs, he's always shouting at the top of his lungs. Yeah, and I guarantee you, watch any promo, he has his hands in the air, his fists, and opens them like you would do the boom with his hands. He has fists, and they pop open. Every single time. Lots of pointing at the camera, too. <laughs> Maybe it's a Jimmy Hart thing, now think about it. Well, coincidence, he's yeah. the, the common denominator there, right? That is true. But either way, after going back to commentary for a moment, they send it to backstage to Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Roddy Piper. The Scottish Canadian <sighs> cuts a very American promo saying that only in America can a skinny 15 year old kid go on a uh, go on to win two titles in one night. He says that in the Royal Rumble, he's going to have uh, 29 other men falling down like President Bush, although unlike the president, he, they won't be lucky enough to get back up. Wow. He then, after we just called him a, I don't get that one because this is 92 before my time. So I don't, it was obviously timely. Uh, I'm pretty sure, but, by the way, Bush is on his way out, too. So is he happy or sad about that? I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say he's literally <laughs> this is literally his last month in office. So there's that. But uh, he, after we just said no, that no, Roddy no, Piper's. Be, a, this is 92. So yeah. he said last year. 
well, he, he leaves office in, at the end of January or January 20th, I think, is the last day for a president. Yeah, but that so, was 92. Or, oh, you're, you're right. The election was in 92. I, my, my bad. And uh, I'll buy, please. Yeah, you get one of these. That is correct. <laughs> I couldn't figure out if he was for him or against them. I was lost. But also, I was like, wow, no racist or homophobia stuff. It's weird. Yeah, he well, went right to I, Bush this time. <laughs> and I get one of these. <laughs> Me, right? But, oh, gosh. <laughs> well, after we just called Roddy Piper racist, he actually quotes a very famous. Puts out the uh, force. Yeah, well, <laughs> he says he has a dream, and his dream is the WWF world title. There you go. But Gene sends it back fun, to Sean. Fun, fun fact real quick. I think he's the first person. And I'm not going to count Warrior and Hogan because they were each competing for one. I think he's the first person to compete for both those titles on a single night. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Hogan go. and Warrior WrestleMania 6 were each competing for one and defending one. He literally competed for two. So, yeah, pretty cool. Right. Yeah, I think that I think that's correct. But and I think yeah, so. somebody did it in the one that Triple H won in 2016. I just don't know who the IC US title was, but yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. But Gene yeah. sends it back to Sean Mooney in the locker rooms. Seeing a payphone on the wall is pretty funny. Uh, the yeah. barbarian walks. <laughs> barbarian walks by, but Mooney speaks to. Quote, the underdog, Shawn Michaels, who recently put Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. It's funny to think that this underdog would win back-to-back Royal Rumbles in three years. Yeah, a couple there Hall of Fame go. rings, three world titles. Yep. One of the greatest ever live. Well, well what, uh, what you know from me lately. Yeah, all right. Uh, but now, Lord Alfred Hayes interviews Ric Flair now, who reveals that he's number three. Besides Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair had to be the uh, odds-on favorite for this one, just judging simply by uh, he's the Iron Man. But we now get a pre-match oh, promo. Oh, by the way, about that. It's, that wasn't even on the pay-per-view. That was like Coliseum home video. Oh, yeah, right. There was that had was the, the uh, Because had it been on the pay-per-view, we wouldn't have got Heenan's reaction when he came out number three. Not to get ahead. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and then there was uh, uh, the Hogan promo earlier with uh, Alfred Hayes. That was yeah. that was also a Coliseum Home Video exclusive. Exclusive. Because those but, are worth getting it on video for. Those two things. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. The Ric Flair promo, like whatever. But the uh, Hulk Hogan promo, you get a... You could have done without that one. Either By way. way. Did you notice that Flair was oddly calm when he gave this promo? I have, tri- yeah. I have chosen number three. He wasn't yelling, upset about it, nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, well, Hogan, if you notice, he was kind of somewhat out of character or whatever. He was like all happy and jovial, and he wasn't doing his typical, well, let me tell you something, brother. That too. I, yeah, I didn't think about that, yeah. Yeah, so he was... I don't know. They were like, oh, this is just for a uh, videotape. All right. Well, I'll just pretty much be me and just talk crap. And whatever. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, but either way, but I would get back to the actual show where we get pre-match promos from the macho man, Randy Savage, who points out that he's been to the top before and wants to get his hands on Jake, the snake, uh, Sid justice, who, uh, just wants to be a top guy. 
the Repo Man, who likes stealing things. Uh, the British He's Bulldog, a fresh Repo Man, by the way. I think he just became Repo Man. Yeah. Was, you know, that was an awesome character change. Uh, the British Bulldog, who they keep pointing out, won, apparently won a battle royal in uh, Royal Albert Hall in London, England. He won the coveted Savavar trophy. I guess it, what the F is that? It. I have no idea. But Gorilla clearly yeah. calls it the coveted. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody knows what that is. It's right up there with the Super Brawl ring. Uh, Jake, the, Jake the Snake Robert says that you can't, or you can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. Uh, well, he's clearly a fan of the Stones. Uh, Rick Flair oh. with Kurt Hennig. <laughs> Rick Flair with Kurt Hennig says that he lives by to be the man. You got to beat the man, and tonight he is the man. The Undertaker with Paul Bearer, who says that there are twenty nine caskets for twenty nine men, and the Undertaker wants to be the champion again. And Hulk Hogan, who puts over the prestige of the Rumble, how everyone is always coming for him, and he says that he has a special battle plan tonight. By the way, out of all those men I just mentioned, one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> Looking at you, Repo Man. Why is he in there? Oh. Hell if I know. Like, he's not even close to the top of the card. You got him in there with Savage, Robert, I mean, Justice, Hogan. Demolition, Demolition would have made some, some sense. Oh, it's more than this. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would have for, I, I would have been cool with that, but no. Hell ever. Anyway, before the match, Jack Tunney gets into the ring with the WWF title. He reminds to us a that the major winner... course of booze, by the way. <laughs> We're talking why? Roger Goodell at the NFL draft booze. Do we know why? I, I think it's because he just took the title from Hogan. I think that was what it was. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're still about a, a year, maybe two away from Hogan getting booed. Ah, about a year and a half, maybe. No, uh, it's happening here, too. You just don't hear it. Ah, uh, okay. Well, either way, he reminds us that the winner of the Royal Rumble match will become the undisputed WWF champion. And that takes us to our second-to-last break. We, uh, on, on the other end of this, are going to hit you with the main event... Royal Rumble match right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T hey, the ending. Hey, it's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't spell it with a C We spell it with a K Slowly mate Take it easy
event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's the 30-man Royal Rumble match. It went one hour, two minutes, two seconds long for the vacant WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, we'll go over the uh, Iron Man and all that kind of stuff right after this. But number one Brit is uh, the British Bulldog, and he's taking on number two, Ted DiBiase. Bulldog clotheslines DiBiase out and stands alone for a while. Uh, Ric Flair is number three. Nasty Boy Jerry Sags is number four. Sags gets thrown out of the apron by Bulldog. Trash talks. And then Bulldog drop kicks him out like a real idiot. Uh, Haku is number five. As the next countdown happens, Bulldog dumps Haku out over the top rope. Shawn Michaels comes in at number six. Number seven is El Matador. Ugh. Uh, Barb Herian comes out. I think he's out. also freshly minted off of Tito Santana. Yeah, heaven forbid he has a he has a, a real name. <laughs> Uh, the Barbarian comes out at number eight. Entrant number nine is a Texas Tornado. Not Kerry Von Erich, just the Texas Tornado. The Repo Man enters number 10. He's my pick, man, I'm telling you. Because he's a perfect 10. Uh, Craig Valentine is number 11. Uh, right now, so think about this. Right now, we've got three former NWA guys, uh, WCCW alumni, and two former AWA guys and a Stampede Wrestling guy in the ring with the Barbarian. <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. Barbarian was also in a- AWA, I believe, too. Ah, well, then three former AWA yeah, the power, guys. Yeah, the Powers of Pain were in AWA. Or maybe, no, huh. NWA. Yeah. Were they there yeah. first? They were definitely there first, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> it's funny to think about. Nikolai Volkov comes in at number 12, slapping hands. Uh, he's announced as a Lithuanian now, not a Russian. So I guess that's to take some of the heat off of him. Uh, Nikolai uh, gets stuck. Yeah, they just did the whole seceding, right? The USSR thing? I think. Or breaking it up? Yeah. So they wanted yeah, to I make can't... a base for that? Yeah, because yeah, I know he was... Uh... He was supposed to, yeah, he was supposed to be a baby face around this time. I know he started wearing the, the U.S. like the U.S. flag was on his uh, his trunks and whatever. So he was trying to be more friendly. Yeah, the Cold War ended in 91. So by this point, you know, he's, uh, yeah, the USSR is uh, pretty much donezo. Anyway, uh, Nikolai gets stuck in the corner and uh, Repo Man dumps him over the top rope to eliminate him. Yes, the Repo Man gets an elimination. Uh, entrant lucky number 13 is the big boss man repo man gets a second elimination as he throws greg valentine over the top rope boss man runs and chucks repo man over the top now bulldog beats on flair for a while uh, but flair finally back body drops him over the top rope texas tornado tries to go after nature boy but rick ducks down and drops tornado over the top now just as the buzzer goes off, El Matador pushes Shawn Michaels out. But Michaels holds on to uh, Matador, and both men are eliminated. Don't they face each other at the upcoming Mania? Eight? Uh, 
Shawn Michaels and Matador? Yeah. 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 Okay. Now in the archives, by the way, go check that out. It's a nice follow-up to this. Uh, Number 14 enters now, and it's Hercules, Hercules. Uh, Flair. Ah, I used to love him, man. I used to swing that chain around just like him. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Yeah, because he didn't totally start doing that because of uh, Bruiser Brody or nothing. (laughs) I don't know. There were a few guys that did that. Obviously, Brody was never in WWF, so it's not like you would have ever seen that. But uh, was he even in NWA like when you were watching? I'm pretty sure Brody was was dead when I started watching wrestling. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he wasn't he wasn't even a thing. I think that's why uh, Bruce Pritchard said the uh, like we had talked about the the Berserker, how he used to do all of Brody's stuff. He said yeah. they tried over and over to get him to stop doing that, and he just wouldn't. And they're oh. like, yeah, they said we would have probably like done a little bit more with him, but they said he was kind of an a-hole, and he just, like, like I don't know if it was his tribute to Brody or whatever, but it's like he just came off as like a rip-off. So, yeah, I can yeah. see that. But anyway, uh, Flair forms an alliance with the Barbarian for like a whole five seconds. And then turns on him. Barbarian goes to dump Flair over, but Hercules tosses Barbarian. Big Boss Man then comes from behind and chucks Hercules out. Boss Man runs across the ring at Flair. Flair drops down, and Boss Man hits the ropes and flops over the top to the floor. Keep that in mind, by the way. Uh, he was he was not thrown over. He he <laughs> basically eliminated himself. But. Either way, uh, we're halfway through this one. It's entrant number 15 is Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Comes out like a house on fire, beating Ric Flair all over the damn place. And this is an old Mid-Atlantic matchup. Uh, When Piper locks Flair in a sleeper hold, Jake the Snake Roberts enters at number 16 and goads Piper into coming at him. Fans are still super into Jake, even though he's a a heel. Heel! Seemed like Jake had a hard time getting people to actually boo him, even when he was a dastardly heel. He was just so damn cool. I, I had I such know. an easy time, honestly. But. <laughs> uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan enters at number 17. Now we've got two Mid-South guys in there. Uh, IRS now runs and enter, runs down and enters at number 18. 19 is Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Entrant number 20 is The Undertaker, led to the ring by Paul Bearer. Bobby Heenan loses his mind on commentary, scared for Flair throughout this whole entire match, and it's effing great. This is some of the best part of this whole Royal Rumble. I know. I loved Heenan on commentary. It's like, oh, my God. No. Don't, hold, hold on, Rick. And Gorilla's, like, talking crap to him the whole time. He's like, shut up. Shut up, you. That's great. <laughs> hey, Gorilla, the whole time, too, he remember, he's like, I told you, Brain, nobody in the history of the Royal Rumble Number one through ten has ever won the thing. (laughs) It's like just shut up. By the way, keep in mind, uh, Hogan won. I think the year before this, and the year before Uh, that. Okay, yeah. So he was a back-to-back winner when it literally meant nothing. Uh, You did not get the main event at WrestleMania when you won. Unofficially, he did the year prior. Yeah, but. Either way, uh, The Undertaker eliminates Jimmy Snuka. Macho Man Randy Savage enters at number 21, literally sprinting to the ring. Savage beats the piss out of Jake Roberts 
and knees him in the back, sending him over the top rope. Now, Savage leaps over the top rope. The commentary claims that he has to be thrown out to be eliminated. No, he has to be propelled. Yeah. So, remember that with the boss man where not a single soul <laughs> touched his ass? <laughs> I think he has a claim. Just saying. Yep, big uh, boss man, con- Chris Axel, are still in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Entry number 22 is the aforementioned Berserker. Virgil comes out at number 23. Entering at number 24 is Colonel Mustafa. Oh, hold on now. You know, he came out at 23. You know how many bags he had a chance to go through in the back there? (laughs) How did that get off on TV? Wait, oh, Virgil? Did you hear when he even said that? No, I freaking missed that. That's effed up. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you're on number 23. You know how many bags he said the chance to go through back there? Holy oh, God. That cop on TV. <laughs> That's effed, man. Uh, number 24 is Colonel Mustafa, a.k.a. the Iron Sheik. Good Lord. Number 25 is the model <laughs> Rick Martell. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Macho Man eliminates Colonel Mustafa. Coming in at 26 is Hulk Hogan, who, like a true babyface, starts cracking skulls together and raking eyes. Yeah. And he was always just a giant Richard, wasn't he? Uh, he was. Hogan but it is every man for himself, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, but it doesn't mean uh, every man breaks the rules and it's totally cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I, it's like, like you said, ever since Conrad pointed that out, like, yep, he was always kind of a kind of a Richard. <laughs> anyway, uh, Hogan clotheslines the Undertaker out of the over the top rope, and then chokes Rick Martel with his ripped shirt again, like a true babyface. When Jim Duggan attempts to eliminate Virgil, he goes over the top with him, and both are eliminated. Entrant number twenty-seven is Skinner. Number twenty-eight comes out, and it's Sergeant Slaughter. When Skinner tries to eliminate Roddy Piper, Rick Martell comes from behind and eliminates Skinner. Number 29, Sid Justice runs to the ring. The final buzzer goes off now, and the Warlord enters at number 30. Sid Justice throws Sergeant Slaughter chest first into the turnbuckle, and Slaughter just flops over the top rope to be eliminated. Uh, Piper flops onto the apron and eliminates IRS by his tie. That was kind of funny. Sid and Hulk team up to dump the Warlord over the top rope. Piper and Martell attempt to eliminate each other, and then Sid dumps them both over for the eliminations. Sid puts Savage on the top rope. Flair runs to the back of Sid and Savage, or, or hits the back of Sid, and Savage tumbles over the top rope to the floor. When Hogan is stomping on Ric Flair on the apron, Sid Justice walks up behind him and tosses Hogan. Hogan tells Sid that he stole his belt from him, brother, and grabs Sid's wrist. Ric Flair then comes up behind Sid Justice and throws him out over the top rope to win. What a jerk. <laughs> so real yep. quick, Sid eliminated the most people at six. Ric Flair was right behind him at five. Ric Flair was the Iron Man hanging in for a one hour and two seconds. 
Uncle Dave gave this thing three and three quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. Probably the best Rumble ever. What say you? I'm going to say as a Royal Rumble match, this is a solid five. It's one of the, it's the best one. Or one of the best. 2007 is right there for me, too. But I'd have to go back and watch that one. I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, who won the 2007? The Undertaker. Oh, okay. Yeah, this uh, is really damn good. History-making, of course. Hulk Hogan, like, first of all, like, and this is not going to be the last time he does something like this as a quote-unquote babyface, where he's like, that title is mine. I, like, I have claim to it, and, like, if if I don't win it, that means I was robbed, and I've got to screw you over now. Because we... <laughs> It was at World War III, 1995. He does the same damn thing in a battle royal to the Macho Man. And the crowd booed the hell out of him then. And here, he's been eliminated and still helps to eliminate Sid Justice and screw him over. Sid has every right to hate Hulk Hogan after this. But anyway, Hogan gets into the ring after the match and chases Ric Flair off. You know, because that was warranted Sid Justice gets in behind Hogan now and when they go face to face Sid shoves him Hogan shoves Sid back and a bunch of agents and referees hit the ring to separate him Sid drops to a knee and basically begs Hogan to fight him the crowd chants justice justice I wonder if he knew like 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 I wonder how uh like if if they figured this was going to happen and I wonder how, like, Hogan felt. It was like, man, this is the first time anything like this has happened to me. This, like, even It goes all the way back to 1992, dude. Sid had that, that it factor. People just loved him. Yeah, We've talked about this multiple Hogan times. Hogan had to have been, like, just flabbergasted. There's no way he could have been like, oh, well, Sid's going to get cheered over me. Yep. Like, the closest that anything like this has ever happened for Hogan was with the Warrior. And it was not this this like split. It was also designed to be like that because they're both face or like big faces. <laughs> right. Sid was eventually going to turn heel and still have the crowd behind him over Hogan. That's funny. And obviously it wasn't the whole crowd. There were people that, you know, still cheered for Hogan and whatever. But yeah, it's just it's funny. Either way, we now go backstage to witness one of the most famous wrestling segments of all time. You see it everywhere. Mean Gene Okerlund is standing by with Jack Tunney, who presents the WWF World Heavyweight title to Rick. Hey, Blair, hey, hey, put that cigarette out. <laughs> who is flanked by Mr. Perfect and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Rick delivers the famous with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest night of my life promo. Flair says that he proved he's number one and everyone delivers a woo. Heenan puts over Flair's endurance in the rumble and Mr. Perfect says that they told you so. Mean Gene also has his famous, as you just mentioned, hey, hey, put that cigarette out moment. (laughs) And this closes the show. Like, why would Mean Gene, like, you're live on pay-per-view and you're just going to tell somebody to put that cigarette out? Like, you couldn't wait two seconds to cut the camera? We didn't want to inhale sticking out smoke. <sighs> it's like, what the hell? I want to know who he was yelling at. Cameraman, that's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah. 
Well, either way, that brings us to the end of the show. We're going to take our final break. On the other end of this, we're going to get into the final ratings. Tell you what's coming up next week on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast? How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back final ratings time here internet movie database says eight out of ten for this one cagematch.net says 8.04 out of ten uh, I'm between a 7.5 and an 8 out of 10. I guess if you're judging just by the rumble, it's at least an 8. But you're looking at the car, the undercard. Eh, some, most of it, more than half of it was pretty weak. So I said about 7.5. Let's say you. You have a solid B minus. Yeah, it was good. I'd say C plus, B minus, somewhere in there. Uh, the The rumble match itself was what really mattered everything else on the card just eh, it was there but yeah it happened. uh right if anybody else wants to follow up to this we did like i mentioned earlier in the show we did cover uh wrestlemania 8 which took place a few months after this now in the archives go check that out i think we covered that last wrestlemania season but i do remember but either way that was fun uh, we have one more rumble coming up in a couple of weeks for you. But next week, man, is double main event week. We're bringing you another New Japan Russell Kingdom show. It's Russell Kingdom 10 dropping on January 18th. The b- b- bonus is going to be Triple H returning at MSG uh, from an injury on January 7th, 2002. So 10 years after this show, actually, right here. And uh, in, we're going to do kind of a timepiece covering when he got injured, kind of leading up to his return, the event itself, and all that stuff. So check that out. And then January 25th, our final show of the month, it's Royal Rumble 1997. That was a fun rumble. I, I'd have to watch back to know how to remember how great it was or not great, whatever. But I don't know how you felt about it. I was... I thought it was a really fun show. I've already watched it back. I loved it. Yeah. I remember getting that on tape 
uh, back in, I rented it from whatever store back in the day. Just, even just the look of it in the Alamo Dome was awesome. Loved it. Sean got the, the hero's welcome back in San Antonio. It was good stuff. Good crap, pal. But that'll wrap up today. Thank you for joining me, Greg. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we will see you all next week for Russell Kingdom 10 and Triple H returning to MSG in January of 02.